What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 lock. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 162. There it is. And we'll be talking about Stargate. 162. I know. We have so many episodes now, Zach. Just so many. I know. Today, we're going to be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Avatar. So, Brent, I was just thinking with that 162, you know, we're getting sufficiently close Uh to that 200. I know. That if we're going to do something special, we got to start thinking about that. Especially you and me. We take a while for our plans. Yeah, we're (laughs) slow. (laughs) (laughs) so um hey friends we're an independent podcast that takes our time with our plans and uh speaking of those long plans i'll tell you a a lot more here in just a second but um you're probably noticing that i sound a bit congested and uh a little you might hear a little clacky clack every now and again that seems to be weird that's because i got a cough drop in my mouth i've got some lovely boiling water sitting right next to me in a mug i've got a bunch of fizzy water right here and uh, I'm fighting a chest cold. So you're not going to hear me cough. Zach's unfortunately going to hear me cough. And uh, I will. Yeah. It'll be fun. Let yeah. me tell you. And so if, uh, you know, so I'll be making weird like swallowing. Mo- you know, it's going to be it's going to be great. I'm going to get through this. Zach's going to get through this. You're going to get through this. It's going to be fine. But just want to let you know. <clears throat> also, I might not be as locutious as I normally am because, you know, stuff. Anyway. Friends, Brent, you are not a Borg. I am Locutius of Borg. No, I'm not. I'm not Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, hey, isn't season three coming out? So I, anyway, um, <clears throat> hi, we're an independent podcast, and this is a Stargate <laughs> podcast. And um, quite a while ago, we told you that we were going to put the we were going to we were going to sunset Patreon. And uh, this month, December, is when we're actually going to do it. We're gonna we're gonna close the door on Patreon. We're going to launch uh, a couple of new pages on our website. <clears throat> Uh, some some things that we finally were able to figure out. Importantly, anybody who is wanting to support the show in that Patreon kind of way, you will still be able to do so. On the page, there's going to be a little icon in the lower right that looks like a cup of coffee. Yep, that's right. Uh, we are using the like buy me a coffee thing, which is like one of a couple of these uh, little platforms designed for individuals to support artists is really kind of what it really drives at on the little buy me a coffee page. There's still the ability to put posts and, and things. And Zach and I have been talking about what we could be thinking about as far as fun things to do for individuals that want to support the show. That particular platform gives us a decent amount of opportunity to do some fun stuff there, but it also allows us to just kind of run it straight. If you wanted to, buy us a coffee, right? That's the idea. Make it like a one-time like little donation thing. Bang, there you go. The widget's right there. You can just take care of business. If you wanted to set up a recurring thing, you can do that too. So if you really, really like the show and you like supporting it in the same way that Patreon, you were supporting it in Patreon, you can do that. Um, we, uh, Zach and I both have uh, significant nonprofit experience. So he and I kept talking about it in terms of like, you know, funds. So anybody else who has uh, nonprofit experience. And, you know, it probably crosses over to the profit world too, but you all know what I'm talking about if you work in nonprofit, right? So you get your development team and they're working on different funds and we don't have a different fund. We got to, we're, we're basically doing a general fund right now, but <clears throat> we have been talking about doing fun things that range. So I'll, I'll, I'll let some cats out of the bag, Zach. We, none, friends, none of these are plans. These were just ideas ranging from like streaming uh, a version of the Stargate role-playing game all the way through like a pub night at a convention, 
all the way to a like you know complete rebuild of our recording things and it's going to cost a certain amount um you know the first rush of this thing or the first like element like i said general fund we've running this thing costs a certain amount of money right and so if we were able to recoup that that'd be great um not necessary it's our hobby but you know that's where we're at that's where our brains are at so that's going to happen in the new year we're going to launch that thing it's basically ready i made all the pages like a month ago but uh so you know probably the second of january maybe even the first who knows uh we'll fire that thing up so you can go there and zach will tell us where that is in just a second but hey zach yes oh wait a minute i skipped a spot if you've got friends in your life who want to listen to our show and you want to tell them where they can find us you can tell them that they can find us on apple podcasts and google podcasts and spotify podcasts and iHeartRadio podcasts and amazon podcasts but you they really should get a podcast aggregator and search for walking through the stargate and they'll be able to find us there so now zach <clears throat> yes, Brent. If a person wants to let us know that for somebody with the chest cold, I sure seem to be talking a lot. How might they reach out and let us know that? Well, if you have noticed that Brent has a chest cold and you have the perfect remedy mm. to solve that in please. like five minutes flat, please email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, which is exactly as it is. Mm-hmm. You can also go to the Facebooks at Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and the group. Hit the like and the subscribe and the, 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 the follow. And I don't know what the buttons are. It doesn't matter. Whatever they are, hit them because they're great. Yep. And then you can participate in that community there. You can also go to our YouTube mm-hmm. and watch all of the promos that, ha- that David has made over the last, uh, like, what? Four, three five, years? Four, four, three years. Three, Something. Four, three, long time. A long time. David, you're a champion. Yes. Um, you know, you can do that. Uh, you can also go to our website, WTTS.space, which is where Space. you'll find that little coffee icon in the beginning of the new year yep. where you can click on that and do all of those fun things. Uh, the website is also where you get the link to the discords. Oh, and then you and can go to the discords and have fun conversations there. And the website is going to have a little player embedded in it so you can listen to our show there if you want. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. You've got all sorts of options. This is like a brand new thing that's not new. (laughs) It's more like we finally figured out how to use the dang thing we bought. (laughs) (laughs) It's only taken us three years. Hey, baby steps. Like, as we said at the beginning, we take a long time with our plans. That's true. That's true. And, of course, you know, that's because Brent and I do a lot of other things in our lives. Yes. And uh, we spend as much time as we can with this wonderful show and this wonderful community. Yeah. Um, um, But it's not all of our time. Well, and and neither is it anybody else's, which is great. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, Brent. Yeah. um, Oh, I do want to say one more thing about the Patreons. Uh, Patreon listeners, there are still a couple of second chances that we need to record. Yes. Uh, Even when Patreon uh, goes into the sunset, we will keep you informed and you will get those um, as soon as we can get them recorded. But I'm realizing earlier, Zach, I said we could probably email them the audio file. I mean, we could, but that's like a big file. Um, I think I have the ability to make a private link in our podcast aggregator, I think. Then we can send that out. So we'll figure it out. Tr- right. You'll get it. You'll, You'll get, get it. it. It'll be there. Um, so Avatar. That's where we're at. Brent. Yeah, we're talking about Avatar. We're going to talk about Avatar. It's not the uh, James Cameron movie. Sure it's isn't. not the other James Cameron movie. Nope, not it's that not the Nickelodeon cartoon nope. or the other Nickelodeon <clears throat> cartoon. Right. This the is the manga, right? Wasn't it manga at first? No, never was. 
No, no it uh, was um, after the show. That's right. Yeah, they they did turn it into a comic book yeah. manga uh, after the, yeah. the show. But yeah, not no. It was it was the cartoon first. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but this this is the Stargate SG One Avatar that's mm-hmm. directed by Martin Wood. We haven't heard his name in a while. No, we haven't. Uh, um, and this is his first of only two directing credits with SG-1 this season. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, he is clearly shifting gears in time to other things. Um, I don't know if we've... I'm pretty sure he's got some Atlantis stuff coming up. I just don't recall when it is. Yep. Uh, the teleplay is by Damien Kindler. We oh. heard his name last week. Uh, well, Icon, which was a long time Yeah, it was ago a while before. ago. It was over a month ago. <laughs> right. Um, but the last episode of SG-1 was Damien Kindler. This is his second of five writing credits this season. Um, mm-hmm. We have several guest actors. We have Bill Dow as Dr. Bill Lee returning. Mm-hmm. We've got, of course, Gary Jones as Chief Master Sergeant Walter Radar Harriman. Yeah, friend of the we show, had, Gary Jones. What? Friend of the a show. A friend of the show. That's, yeah, right, that's right. That's right. He is a friend of the show that's now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um uh, which we released that podcast, which was really awesome. Um, go listen to that. Uh, it was a blast to talk to him. It was so much fun. Yes, indeed. Um, we have Dan Shea returning as Sergeant Siler for this mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. We have Dan Payne coming back as the Cole Warrior. Yep. And we have Andrew Airley, who plays Dr. Carmichael. Yeah. And we've actually seen him before. Did you remember when we saw him last? No, I don't remember, but his face looked very familiar. And I was like, huh, he must have played the doc, a doctor at some point before. Well, no, he played the character of Kalen in the season three episode learning curve. Learning curve is the one with the the kids, the the kids. And we get the Nakoda generator from them. He's kind of the dad of the the main, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep, so, yep. you know, he did a great job in that. He's coming back and playing a completely different character, Dr. Carmichael, Yeah, completely for this. different, but still did a good job. Yeah. Uh, the original air date for Avatar was August 13, 2004. Mm-hmm. Number one on the charts in the U.S. and the U.K. was exactly the same as what they were listening ah, to last week. Nice. Slow motion and Thunderbirds. Makes my editing easier. All right, one last oh, thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, uh, in the box office, though, that has mm-hmm. changed this week because rarely does the box office stay exactly the same from week one to week two. True. Yes. Um, uh, we have a new number one this week with Alien versus Predator. Uh huh. Okay. Which and number two is the Princess Diaries two Royal Engagement. Uh, okay. Okay. Which is sort of like Alien versus Predator, um, but a little bit different. I- <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of bit different, but anyway. Oh, you know, <clears throat> just a couple of things are different. It's not they're very similar movies, Brent. You just don't uh, realize that. I, I'm sitting here trying to think of how Princess Diaries two Royal Engagement could be described as an alien versus a predator, and none none of the none of the things I'm coming up with are any good at all. Oh well, no. So so you don't realize that that when you're doing Princess Diaries and it's a royal engagement, very very seldom are royal engagements about love. It's about politics. Well, that's fair. And that's definitely an alien versus predator. Oh just you know, clash. <laughs> yep. Yep. And when okay. that happens, you get number three collateral uh-huh, damage. Uh-huh. You know, um, I don't know. It's just it's just collateral. But uh, you know, who knows? Number four is Yu-Gi-Oh! The movie Pyramid of Light. Pyramid of Light. Light. <laughs> 
And we round out the top five with the Born Supremacy. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. There you go. Um, some things were happening at on uh, on and around August 13, 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, on August 12, the day before this episode aired, New Jersey Governor James McGreevy comes mm-hmm. out publicly as gay. Oh, nice. Okay. So, uh, there you go. On the 13th, lots of things happened on the 13th, uh, 156 Congolese Tutsi refugees are mm-hmm. massacred at the Gatumba refugee camp in Burundi. Oh my gosh, I remember, not that event, but I remember that conflict. Oof. Yeah, that was that was a big deal. That was a really big deal. Also on the 13th, the 28th Olympic Games opens in Athens. Mm, that's right. Yeah, I remember that they were they were that, that that there was active questions as to whether or not it was going to be ready for the Olympics at all on time. Yeah, and and who knows if they were ready, but they they went ahead. They had and they forged ahead, and they had him. Um, also on August 13, Hurricane Charlie, a Category Four hurricane, strikes Punta Gorda, Florida, and devastates the surrounding area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. A lot of different things happening at the time this episode aired. Yeah. Um, I do have some trivia. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yes. All right. So, at, near the beginning of the episode, Carter tells Teal that this Avatar game is kind of like Doom. Yeah. And and she's like, you know, has he ever played Doom? And he says, I have played Def Jam Vendetta. Yes. Um, and Def Jam Vendetta is actually a game in which Christopher Judge supplies the voice of the main villain in the game. <laughs> that's that's so, awesome. There you go. That is awesome. Um, according to the DVD commentary, uh, the computer graphics in this episode yeah. were done by the Sydney-based company Perception, which is the same company who worked on the Stargate SG-1 video game The Alliance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so when they actually saw the video you know, pictures of them running around the hallways and such. That's actually from that company. Uh, this is a game that was first licensed. Uh, it was the first officially licensed Stargate SG-1 video game, and it was on the PC, the PS2, and the Xbox. I was wondering if there was um, some, like, oh, what's the word? You know when shows put their thing in that they want to sell later? Yeah. You know, like uh, how every cartoon in the 80s was really just an extended commercial? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I yes. was kind of wondering that. I was as I was watching that. I was like, "Is this when they were about ready to release the game?" And they were all like, "Wouldn't it be cool if you could be part of the SGC too, just like this?" Yeah. I mean, I will say though that they do a tremendous job of mixing it without making it feel like it was a "Hey, bonk bonk, buy my product" offline. Oh well, that's true. Number one and number two, they were making choices with that thing that I thought was a little bit silly. We'll get into it. But yeah, well, well, you know, number we'll three, it. it also makes sense to me why they did it. And we'll get into that, too. OK, um, you know, uh, Jack makes a reference to the Matrix series about how he doesn't really understand it, which, of course, is, um, you know, kind of connected to that. But then also mm-hmm. Teal uh, goes through this process of navigating a virtual reality simulator. And then, you know, if you actually like. Like in in the Matrix, if you die in the Matrix, you die in real life, right? And it's not quite the same thing, um, but uh, you know the the death in the game can cause problems yes, in your real life, as we saw. Yep. Uh, in one of the final scenes with the Naquita generator, 
the glow of the uh, the generator itself is a little bit different in some of the close-ups versus the wide shots. Oh. Uh, and, and that's because that particular prop had been used that day of filming for both Atlantis and SG-1. And yeah. those wider shots in SG-1 that they were filming was at the end of the day, and the batteries were dying. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh, yep. Um, so the title of this episode in other languages, the French call it Avatar. Yeah. The Spanish, the Germans, the Hungarians all mm. call it Avatar. Okay. Um, the Italians call it the simulation. Oh, yeah. Yep. And mm-hmm. the Czech call this episode Dangerous Game. A dangerous game. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So there you go. Those are my trivia things. <clears throat> yeah. Fun. Nice. Are you ready for the synopsis? Yeah. Let's get into this. All right. Let's do this. Stargate Command is under attack by a cold warrior. Oh, no. Oh, no. Walking down the ramp from the gate, he wreaks havoc, killing everyone in sight, including our beloved Jack O'Neill. Oh, no. But have no fear. Tilk is there. He does a very nice tumble. He grabs the anti-cold warrior gun and dispatches the warrior with ease. Yep. There is a flash. And it then turns out that this was only a simulation. It was fake. Dr. Lee has created a video game simulator using the technology from the virtual reality pods from P7J989. Mm-hmm. Tilk was testing it out, commenting that O'Neill died well. Still, it was really too easy. Co-warriors are far more formidable than that. Well, Dr. Lee has a great idea. Let's have the system learn from Tilk. And then they can find ways, after it's learned from Tilk, to ratchet up the difficulty or ratchet down the difficulty for whomever is using the simulator to train SG personnel in the future. This is a great idea. Yes. You know, this is all true because the game is adaptive. It learns from the user and tailors the experience to the player. And they can use that to gain more information about everything. Unfortunately for Teal'c, this also means that when Teal'c dies in the game because Teal'c likes things real, the system gives his body an electrical shock. Well, that stinks. Yep. Now, by itself, it's not too bad because they prevented it from giving lethal shocks, which is great. However, the system of shocks is cumulative. And if he continues to get shocked like this, it could be very bad news for our Jaffa. The game gets harder and harder, changing the rules with each iteration of the game, like adding new coal warriors to the system, giving them a cloaking device, making them impervious to the weapons against them without adaptation, and more! This is a problem for our Jaffa. The physical toll on Teal's body is beginning to worry Colonel Carter and Dr. Lee and the others who are in the room, but there's nothing they can do from outside the system. Disconnecting Tilk will likely cause permanent brain damage to Tilk. That would be bad. He needs to either win the simulator or activate the failsafe to get out. In the game, Tilk himself is also adapting. So this is a good thing. He's learning from the simulator and moving quickly and efficiently through the corridors of the SGC to stop the Anubis warriors. But the system continues to change the rules. Every time Tilk figures out the ambush to end the threat... Uh, Something else changes, 
Perhaps in the cold warrior shows up and shoots him in the back. Perhaps the auto-destruct goes off and it blows up the base. Or maybe a Nacreda generator explodes. Teal is constantly dealing with things and his inability to figure out the adaptive puzzle is wearing him out. Despair is beginning to set in on our hero. Finally, Tilk has had enough, and he goes to the failsafe to end the simulator. He gets to the elevator. He hits the number one button to go all the way up to the top, but the failsafe apparently failed to be safe from failure. Yep. Tilk is stuck inside the simulator. He cannot leave without winning the game. He is tired and simply wants this to end. Samantha determines that the system, after reading Tilk's mind, has learned that Tilk would never just give up under real circumstances, and so has prevented the failsafe from working. Bummer. In the simulator, another twist. There is a Gulwuld also on the base that is setting the auto-destruct or overloading the Nakoda generator. Tilk first sees that the Gulwuld is Daniel Jackson. We have reached Tilk's breaking point. When he respawns in the corridor, he simply slumps to the floor and waits, unable to play more. In the real world, the doctors are discussing various methods of forcibly extracting Teal'c from the chair, and whether or not they can keep his adrenaline levels artificially high for the duration of the game. Meanwhile, Carter is working with another chair simulator and a brain imprint of Teal'c from six years ago when they had originally been trapped on P7J989. And she discovers that at the time of their original entrapment, despite what Teal'c had told the SGC personality, personality, the personnel, <laughs> Teal'c did not truly believe that the Gould could ever be defeated. Mm-hmm. And the game appears to be acting upon that belief constantly ratcheting up the challenges when one thing is defeated another thing comes to fruition daniel and sam hope that Teal'c has changed his core belief or this simulator will eventually kill Teal'c. but have no fear brent Teal'c's situation is not totally lost no there is another option yes O'Neill makes one of his patented offhand comments about plugging in a new joystick into the game so that someone else can help Tilk out, and a plan emerges. The system has a two-second delay between the processor processing and the Tilk's experiencing of something, but we can take that delay out with the second player, and that will give them a two-second precognitive advantage to help Tilk out. Mm-hmm. So, who will go in and help Tilk? Jack, Sam, and Daniel all volunteer. And Daniel is the one who gets strapped in the chair to play player two. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the first time Daniel finds Tilk, Tilk believes him to be a gold spy and shoots him. Bang! Bang. The game resets. This happens repeatedly before Daniel finally shoots Tilk with a Zetnikatel and convinces him that they are playing this game together. When one of them dies, they both die, they both lose. With Tilk convinced now that Daniel is real, he reveals his despair and confides the hopelessness he is feeling. But Daniel has an edge, and together they can win this game! Outside the game, Tilk is in real bad shape. Dr. Carmichael has to jab a needle into Tilk's heart, jolting him with adrenaline to get him back in the game. O'Neill is understandably disturbed by watching the needle drive into his friend. Mm-hmm. Inside the game, 
Tilk believes that stopping the Gua Wuld and preventing him from destroying the base is the final challenge in the game. But the identity of the Gua Wuld always changes. Working through the day game, Daniel's precognitive abilities help the team dispatch the Cold Warriors. Time now to take on the Gua Wuld. The showdown with the Gua Wuld will take place near the Nakwada Generator. Carter is there trying to prevent an overload. Siler is on the ground unconscious nearby. Who is the gold? Daniel can't tell. They force Sam to step away from the generator. It's hum getting louder and louder as the overload builds up. Still, no clue who, where the Gould is. Jack walks in, and in the blink of an eye, all four members of SG-1 are pointing guns at one another. Where's the Gould? Finally, Tilk lowers his weapon and allows Sam to deactivate the generator. Suddenly, Daniel's precog abilities reveal that the Gould is in fact Siler. Tilk reacts quickly, eliminating the threat. <laughs> Thus endeth the simulation. <laughs> In the real world, an obviously exhausted Tilk weakly exclaims that we have won. And that prompts O'Neill to reply, eh, it's what we do. What we do. It's what we do. The end. The end. <clears throat> All right. Avatar. Yeah. What'd you think, Brent? Sorry, I, I should have put this cough drop in my mouth a little while ago. That's all right. <clears throat> all right. So I really like this one. I like this one a lot. Um, <clears throat> the biggest reason why I liked it so much was because while it's a story that's basically it's just a dream. Right. Except of that stupid thing that happens where you are like you go through a story and everything seems to like be going terribly wrong. And then at the end, they're like, haha, just kidding. It was just a dream. You knew it was a dream from the start. Yeah. And so as a result, all these crazy twists that kept happening was it, it was it was just like. I was I was marveling at how um, if it wasn't set inside a simulation, how all of these twists would just seem more and more ridiculous, right? Yeah, yeah. like yep. <clears throat> like oh, tch, of course they've adapted their armor. Tch, oh, of course they've sent in an invisible one. Tch, of course they're setting the auto destruct. Of course they're using an aqua generator. Tch, of course there's a ghoul. You know what I mean? Like every one of these things would have just been like just over the top, man. Like. So bad, but because of the setup, um, it was an extraordinarily tense, excellent story. How were they going to get, how were they going to solve this one? And each explanation as to why it wasn't over was plausible. Every one of them, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was inside Teal'c's head. And so, uh, you know, this beloved character that we've watched develop over the many years, like, all of these explanations as to why it would have, why it would be this way or what he would do or, or why the game is responding. It was all very believable and it was just, it was just delightful. And so when the, when the solution finally came that they needed to send in somebody else, even, um, even though the two second delay thing was kind of, it was a little, <clears throat> I don't think it was the most elegant way that they could have helped. You know what I mean? Like if, if I were dreaming up this story, I'm not sure if that would have been the one that I would have been most satisfied with, but Maybe that was just kind of where they were at and, you know, got to, got to wrap this thing up. So it worked well enough. And yeah, the very ending was tense, man. It was tense. Yeah. It was absolutely tense and believable enough. I think that, uh, you know, if the game was actually being decently adaptive, that they probably should have had, you know, Carter or Carter specifically be the Gould because Carter probably was the only one who could shut down the the, the, the generator. But you know what? We were running out of time on the TV show, so let's let's just wrap that thing up. 
And <clears throat> I thought it worked really well. I also really liked Christopher Judge's acting in this. I wished that there was a little bit more emotion when he realized he actually wasn't alone inside this game when Daniel came. Um, he was exhausted, though. He was exhausted. If you're exhausted, you don't have a whole lot of capacity for emotion. You're just no. exhausted. So <clears throat> an exhausted, despairing uh, Teal'c. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I think that probably would work out fine. But yeah. So, um, oh yeah, video game footage. I wanted to talk about that for a minute. When I saw it, I thought that was real silly. Uh, partly because, you know, obviously it's 18-year-old technology. And so it doesn't look that good. Um, but also, as I was looking at it, I'm like, wait, I thought we were supposed to... Oh, actually, okay. I thought we were supposed to be seeing basically what Teal'c was seeing, basically. And of course, Teal'c is seeing it as if it was realistic, hyper-realistic. Right. And on the monitors, it was this not realistic at all. It was cool. It was fun that they had all those models. It was fun that they showed us the different things and how it would look and interact. It was cheesy as all get out that when he picked up the body armor, it said armor 100 and then like, you know, P90 arm or whatever. <laughs> that was just dumb. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was necessary as I was kind of contemplating it, because if it was just kind of like footage from the action that they had filmed, right, displaying on that monitor, which they could totally do, it wouldn't necessarily highlight the aspect of how it is a simulation quite the same way that showing that video game footage would have been. So right. even though the video game footage textures were not anywhere close to as awesome as what it would be in real life at all, and what Teal'c was seeing was not a bunch of like, you know, polygon characters running around, he was seeing real life stuff, showing that on the monitor might be a bit of a disconnect because, you know, are you looking at real life? Are you looking at a game? You know, it's tough to tell. So showing that polygon stuff is actually probably quite fine. And also, okay. Also, that was the, that, that was the, the root of the, the two second delay thing, right? So they had hooked up the, the monitor in such a way that they could see what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, since, you know, they're, they're using the technology that they have, which is this video game technology, which is why that's what they're seeing there. And then it takes a couple of seconds then for the whole system to relay that to the, the screen so they can see what's happening before it gets to Teal'c and all that stuff. And I think that that's sort of the headcanon that I'm totally willing to, to go with it, which is <clears throat> Earth technology in 2004, that was the best it could render, right? Like, right. It wasn't a feed from the processing of the chair. That's uh, happening at a neurological level. It's not putting out a video signal. But the best that we could do at that time was this like polygonal thing. And, and, and so it looked like that. Yeah. And maybe that also explains the Armor 100 and the P90 armed thing too. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I thought that uh, the supporting cast did a great job. I was... There was a moment where Bill, Dr. Bill, um, was kind of stuck back in that place where he's always had something go wrong, right? I don't think yeah. we've ever seen him where something hasn't gone wrong and he was at least partially responsible for it. So, you know, I mean, it's not the worst thing, but on the other hand, it's like, oh man, like, why does, like this is a big, this is a big deal. Like, why does he have to, why does he have to be the, the bumbling scientist, man? Um but I, 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 I really like this one. I was, I was hooked. I was believing every twist 
along the way. I was deeply worried about how this was going to go, how this was going to play out. I didn't actually think that Teal'c was going to like perish from the show, but like I had no idea how they were going to get out of this one. And I was very interested in figuring out what the solution was. And then when the solution presented itself, it still wasn't in a slam dunk. And so watching the solution materialize was sufficiently tense. And then the ending right on cue was very tense and the and the and the story and the pacing was wonderful the the time like like the the <laughs> the scene in the gate room where they where teal's holding onto the naquita generator and harriman's counting down the like counting up the chevrons right right it took for like it's it's like so slow <laughs> oh, yeah like, it was terrible come on, and, a little faster please and it was great <laughs> it was absolutely great the generator worrying up more and more and more <clears throat> it was so good so, yeah, I really liked, I had a lot of fun with this episode. What about you? What do you think? Uh, I'm in the same boat. I enjoy this episode. It's a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Um, uh, you know, I, I've always enjoyed this episode since the first time I saw it. it. It was I I love episodes where they take something that we experienced years and years ago, like yeah. those virtual simulator, virtual reality chairs, um, and we bring them back in a new way in a way that that um acknowledges what they are that it happened we experienced that we even referenced the scientists on that planet and they're yeah. like sorry we don't got anything to help you out on this yeah um but uh you know just to see that again uh to to watch that and and find it a new and a fresh way right so it wasn't just a rehash of what we did before mm-hmm. um but and also but we also get the same type of thing right cuz in that original episode the gamekeeper there was an event, a memory that that uh, Jack and Daniel in that situation had to go through and then go through again and then go through again and yeah. go through again. Yeah. Uh, and we get that same type of thing here, but it doesn't feel the same way at all. Right. Um, and so just to have that callback that uh, feels completely different um, is really satisfying. Yeah, uh, to absolutely. Me. Um, one of the things that I'm noticing here... Um, like in the past, I hadn't paid that close attention to the the writers, mm-hmm. um, and yes. one of the things that this project does done for me is I pay more attention to that. Uh, Damien Kindler, yeah. we have uh, heard his name many times. Yes, and one of the things that both of us talked about with Damien Kindler is that he writes scripts that are very convenient. Yes, that that it's it's plausible that it happens a to b to c. But it's super duper convenient mm-hmm. that it just happens to be A to B to C. Yeah. And and as you were mentioning, um, if this was real life, you would see these things and, and I would go like, oh, seriously? Yeah. But um, this is a script and a scenario that just fits that perfectly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because what we have here is Teal'c's brain saying... I'm not sure that we'll ever actually defeat the Gua'uld. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we we have a scenario where it says, well, okay, to, ve- to defeat the simulation, you just got to kill the Cold Warrior. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, no. I mean, you got to kill both of the Cold Warriors. Oh, oh nope, nope, nope. You got to, they're, they're impervious to your weapons, so you got to get a new weapon. And then yep. you got to kill the Cold Warriors. Oh, wait, nope, nope. There's a third one and he's invisible and you got to kill him. Yep. Oh, oh, wait, wait. Oh, no, there's a Gua'uld who's trying to blow up the base. Yep. And so you got to stop the base from blowing up. You know, I mean, all of these things work really good when you think about manifesting 
Teal'c's uh, belief or question about whether or not they can actually ever get this job done. Mm-hmm. It works well, and Damien Kindler's particular writing style fits that perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, when um, you said his name, I was shocked. Uh, you probably heard my delight, my delightful gasp of like, wow, yeah. really? Because, yes, I remember us not really liking Kindler as a writer. But this one was great. Yeah. And I think, I think for me, at this point in time, I think it's because that particular writing style of just kind of going from A to B to C to D. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it, it fits this really well. Yes, it does. Um, and then you, you take out that two-second delay and you give that to Daniel um, and you give him the precog. kind of gives it an added little twist. Um, mm-hmm. my concern with all of this, and you know, I don't care too much because it's a 42 minute show and it's got to end some point in time is, um, you know, and I appreciate that, that Teal is like, I believe figuring out who the ghoul is and stopping him is the final test. But if everything else has been true to form, why would that have been right? The final <laughs> test? Because, because you're running out of TV show. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, and and here, as again, as I talk about that, is that um, you know one of the things that that uh, Sam and Daniel talk about is has Teal'c's core uh, character, his core belief around the ghoul changed? Mm-hmm. And actually, what we do see here is that on some level, he does. He does think. I mean, there, there's clearly the sense that that he can't do it himself. Um, but when he get some assistance with him and you know things happen um there is that chance that that maybe maybe we can actually defeat the ghoul yeah um and so we kind of see that play out too and so while there's no reason to immediately assume that other than it's the end of the show and we got to end this somehow that defeating the ghoul uh infiltrator would be the final step um it's it's a sign now that shows uh, where Teal'c's um, psyche is, where his mind is in this uh, in 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 reality in the real yeah. life uh, addressing the Gould. And to frame it up, kind of like in a storytelling way, in season two, <clears throat> in season one, in the pilot, O'Neill says to Teal'c, "I can save these people," and. Teal'c says, many have many have come who have said that, but you're the first one that I believe can do it or something. Okay, I'm getting the, the, right. the line yep. wrong a little. Um, O'Neill didn't say, I can defeat the ghoul Wold, right? And right. so Teal'c at that in season one believed that O'Neill and the people of Earth could save people. And I think that we saw a lot of story arc that was kind of in that zone where, where it, it, you know, defend against the ghoul Wold was kind of the main, the, the main arc. Season two, it was still defend against the ghoul world. It never was defeat the ghoul world. It was defend against the ghoul world. <clears throat> and so that, I think that that kind of, that, 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 that conversation between Jackson and Carter was just pure canon gold because mm-hmm. yeah, it makes perfect sense that in season two, Teal didn't think that the ghoul world could actually be defeated, defeated. He thought they could be held at bay with effort but maybe, but not defeated. And now I, I think you can see that storytelling little motif show up as Teal'c now believes that it would be extremely difficult to defeat the ghoul world, but it can happen with help. Right? Like, yeah, 
Like yeah. it can be done. Will it be easy? No, no, no. It'll take everything that we have, but we can do it if we do it together. Yeah. That's pretty inspiring. Yeah, like it that. is. And and you mentioned this, um, and I got to reiterate this, is that I thought that Christopher Judge's acting in this was really, really good. Yes, I agree. Um, they, uh, I mean, he's a good actor, and we've seen that before. But often in this show, um, his acting ability is underutilized. Yep. Uh, in part because the character is always this quiet, stoic guy. Yeah. Um, and... So, you know, the quiet, stoic guy just kind of stands in the background and be, is quiet and stoic. Um, and now we have this episode here that, that plays into the warrior Teal'c, but also gives him opportunities to, to show the, the, the cocky confidence of, I can do this, and then he gets shot in the back. And then he's like, well, okay, I need to be more uh, intelligent about this process. I can't just blaze in there. And then it just wears on him and yeah. wears on him. Yep. And then and then you just kind of see that moment of it can't be done, Daniel. We can't, everything I do is is a failure. And Daniel's like, hey, you know what? We can do this. We'll, we'll do this together. And then you see him get up and he's not like all of a sudden, you know, Rocky. And he's like, I can win everything now. He's just like, you know, He's still in that moment, in this in that place of okay, I've got to keep going. There's a chance, um, you know. It, it just I, I I am very very pleased that yeah that uh, a he did a great job, which I wouldn't doubt that they give him a story that gives him the opportunity to uh, do this great job. Yeah, I um, recently was saying that I wanted more teal. Yep, I got more teal. You got more teal. Yeah, it was a good one too. Yeah. I got more SG one too, which yeah. I liked. Well, so like this is this is one of the first episodes really of this season that that shows all four of our characters like actually in the same room at the same time, right? Um, which um, was really nice for me because like this whole season with Jack being the general, um, SG one's makeup is a little bit different. It's only got three members. Yeah. Um, uh, and then this is, of course, the reality of the production, you know, not not necessarily internal to the story, um, but uh, it was satisfying for me to have that moment when all of our heroes were once again together doing something. And yep. I think that's why it had to be Siler who was the Gould at the end, because yes. we finally yeah, yeah, yeah. had a moment yeah. where we had oh, yeah. all four of our heroes mm-hmm. together. And, you know, well, I know for a fact it's not Tilk or me, but I don't know about you. Well... You know, when it's Siler, now you get that moment where all of our team can be together again. Yeah. And we haven't had many of those moments in this nope. season. It was nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it. I, I don't know if I have much more to say. We don't necessarily have to have more to say. Nope. Um, it is a trend of ours, Zach, that when we really like something, we don't talk about it very long. That's true. That's true. Um, well, I, I think let's not, you know pad this thing up let's just let's not keep belabor moving. the point yeah um so i ask you as yeah. i do at this point in time in the podcast how many chevrons will you give avatar yeah yeah let me let me, let me take a drink of my uh, fizzy water here hold on Ooh, the fizzy water is this going to help spur your brain cells that's how it works <clears throat> we call it sparkling not because uh it sparkles but because it's got sparks ah we just threw the ling in there because we didn't know that it was actually sparking water <clears throat> 
Um, I hope it doesn't electrocute. It will. It won't deliver a fatal jolt. Um, I really, I really, really like this one. Uh, Did I really like it? Let me think. Let me think. Yeah, I really liked it. I'm giving this a seven. Um, Yeah. So you know, it's but it's kind of like one of those like weak sevens. Um, I think it wrapped up really conveniently, but the setup, the the the. why you know why the story was what it was was so believable that that any uh any aspect of story writing that could have been like like over the top or too convenient it just it just works it just just works in this context um and i don't fault them for wrapping it up so tightly at the end because they had to i mean like you know as you and i talked about if this were legit a program that would take one of the strongest members of the SGC and learn from him and continue to adapt it so that it would give him a worthy challenge. Um, you know, that, that is bordering on unwinnable. Um, and so, you know, it, you know, theoretically this thing could have gone on forever or till could have died <clears throat> and we, we don't want that. So yeah, I really liked it. I liked the setup. I liked the acting. I was invested in the story every moment, every twist, was a twist that was like, oh man, how are they going to deal with this now? How are they going to deal with that now? <clears throat> uh, self-referential aspects of that within the story, though not breaking a fourth wall, was perfectly believable. Like when Jackson and Teal'c went into the went into the character's lab to look for the little modulator chip, and Daniel asks, "Where is it?" And Teal'c says, "I don't know. It's in the different spot each time." And Daniel says, "Of course it is, right?" Like, like mm-hmm. <clears throat> all these things, which kept adding on itself just kept working it was just resonating i think you're right like kindler's writing style this is like the perfect story for his writing style it was great it was directed really well i loved the pacing and the, i loved the pacing loved it um acting was superb yeah i mean i can't find a thing to, th- to speak negatively about it yeah seven out of seven for me so what cool. about you what'd you think so i was trying to decide what i was going to give this rating um and i was leaning towards a six yeah um but as we've talked through this, right, um, I'm asking myself now, like you have, it's like, so if this is a six, what what's wrong with it? What pulls it down to a six? Yeah. Right? I mean, there are some things that like, well, this just kind of pushes itself up to a six and it's not right. quite at the, but, but, you know, I mean, like, and it just works. Yeah. And it's, it's clean. Um, it's, it's exciting. It, it, the tension builds, um, you know. You could all, everybody could guess that it was Siler at the end, but if you didn't know, you know, you might think that, well, maybe it is one of the other guys. I mean, it was a simulation. I was kind of wondering, I, seriously, I thought I thought for a minute that it was going to end with O'Neill was the was the, the ghoul wooled, so he'd have to get shot in order to actually end the simulation, and it would be a kind of a sad thing, but it's a simulation, right? I was looking at it like, it's not actually Jack O'Neill. Like your point of the four of them standing together mattered and was awesome. But even in that moment, I wasn't sure it was Siler. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I can't think of anything right now that would make this less than, than, than seven. Nice. Um, and so I'm going to go with a seven as well. Yeah. I, I enjoyed this episode. Yep. This was so, fun. Yeah. I really like right. this one. Let's get up to our predictions. I need to go to the discords. Yes, and I need to go to the Facebooks. 
All right. Yes. I've got some things here. All right. L- let me let me do the uh, Facebooks. Okay. All right. Looks like we've got some comments in a couple of different places. Um, we have uh, a comment from Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Uh, I think this is the first time that we've heard from Sharon, so I say thanks. Welcome. Welcome, Sharon. Um, Sharon says, watched this last night. I like it. So yep. that's all that, that, that Sharon has all to right. say about that. So that's Thank that's you, great. And then here we go in a slightly different spot. We have, we'll start with Sean. Hi, Sean. Sean says, are these supposed to be the same chairs from Gatekeeper? I think they're supposed to be, but they look a little different. This is an okay one for me, but this okay. season onwards, I've watched the most of, of I've watched the most of all, so I'll try not to be biased with my prediction. I remember the first time watching this, and it would definitely be a six Chevron episode. So that's my prediction for Brent. Yep. Zach gets my rewatch prediction of five. Yeah, I can imagine how on rewatch it wouldn't necessarily hold as much water as it does in the first time. Yeah, I can see that. I yep. can see that. Um, then we have Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Kevin says, hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. I absolutely adore this episode. Uh-huh. Maybe it's because of my gamer past, or maybe it's because I really want to play the game version of this episode <laughs> that we see on the computer monitor. Either way, I had a great time watching it and took some notes. Okay. Number one, what would be the protocol for when half a secret military base gets TPK'd by a super soldier? Auto-destruct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's nice to see callbacks to previous episodes. Last time we saw this technology, it was locked up in a room with a quantum mirror. Good to see they are putting it to good use. Yeah. Uh, Number three, if only it were so easy to hook up someone's head to a computer and then you could magically see what they are experiencing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number four, armor with a U? It's almost like (laughs) Ah, the simulation ah. was made in Canada or something. (laughs) Silly. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that. Um, I, I wasn't going to make any comments, <laughs> about that, but it's there. Uh, number five. Oh, the new chip is showing off its pride with a cool rainbow effect added. Sweet. <laughs> I love this episode, says Kevin. But I think that it's a personal opinion, and that Zach and Brent won't like it as much. Mm-hmm. But hey, mm-hmm. at least it's better than Icon. That's true. That is very true. I no, predict I really a it. five from you both. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Liked it quite a lot. We liked it quite a lot. Uh, we have Rowan. Hi, Rowan. Rowan says, oh, no, the base is under attack. O'Neill is down. It's up to Tilk to save the day. Oh, well, that was easy. A little too easy, it turns out. Uh-huh. Tilk works with some nerds to design the ultimate VR first-person shooter, which I guess is cool if you're into video games. Yes. Now, Teal'c has to outsmart the smart tech or die trying over and over and over again until he dies in real life. Because yeah. that's definitely a way this show would consider killing off one of its main cast. I mean, wouldn't that stink? Seriously. Uh, Yeah. That'd be like a Joss Whedon level. Like, what? That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that, that would be... So... This particular writing staff would not ever do it like that. No, but boy, would that be. Yeah, they, they'd have a riot on their hands. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, 
Does this whole episode exist just to give us that moment at the end where all four of our heroes are holding each other at gunpoint? I mean, maybe. Quite possibly, Rowan. Quite possibly. <laughs> it's a no-stakes time loop episode with zero plot advancement, and I'm bored silly ten minutes in. Okay. Oh, all right. What do you mean we have to play through this scenario 50 more times? Brent won't like it either, and will give oh. it a two. Nope. Zach enjoys it a little <laughs> more and gives <laughs> it a three. <laughs> this episode has an IMDb rating of 7.5, which is a four Chevron rating, wow. putting it in the bottom half of Stargate episodes overall. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I am disconnected to the fandom on this one, then. Yep. Um, I think that those are all of the Facebook comments. Nice. Okay, so while I'm reading Discord, you're going to look up the emails. Uh, I'm pulling the emails up as we speak. I Very remember good. this time. Very good. All right, we got Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. Teal'c stuck in a video game? Ah, VR training simulation for SGC personnel. Built using alien tech from seasons two, Season 2's The Gamekeeper. As in good old-fashioned SG-1 history. Whenever they try to tinker with alien tech, hell breaks loose, and it's time. And this time it's fueled by a very stubborn Jaffa's ego. Teal'c did a thing every gamer has experienced. One, thinking a game is too easy. Two, increase difficulty. Three, expect to ace it. Four, end up beaten to a pulp. Five, <laughs> returning it to the original setting. <laughs> However, Teal'c simply can't just go back to normal since his ego has been hooked up to the game's AI and it is delivering, it is deriving its learning pattern, per, it's deriving its learning patterns from Teal'c. Sometimes we humans are so stuck in our ways that we need another person to help us find the way out. This time in the form of Daniel. Bravo to Christopher Judge's acting this episode. He gave Teal'c so much depth. We see his cockiness, the subtle anger, defeat. I really felt for him when he just sat there in the hallway letting the inevitable happen. Me too. That was good. Mm -hmm. This rewatch made me like the episode even more than usual. Maybe it's just because I just bought a next-gen gaming console and I'm currently cruising through a digital night city. Sure, the episode wasn't perfect, but, but I had a moment of popcorn cinema. Five chevrons from me. All right. Cool. For, for Brent and Zach, I'll go with my gut feeling. Brent will like it a bit more than Zach because he said in past past podcasts that he's also into video games. So he might just like, like the nod to gaming. I say five chevrons for Brent. Zach won't like the episode as much, but he'll be more positive after the discussion. It was true. You were. That's which true. will That's lift true. his rating to a 4.5 out of 7. <laughs> Not quite. Nope. We liked it quite a lot more. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Um, cool. There is a response from a person who normally emails. It's David. I'll leave that out because it's just a little conversation about, uh, yeah, after. Yeah. All right. Yep. Um, okay. But then uh, we got Kevin again. He's double dipping. Uh-oh. Kevin. Uh, hi, Kevin. Hi, Brent. Hi, hi Zach. Kevin. He said, I would like to predict at least one Avatar reference in this episode, but more... Actually, I don't think we did talk about that much. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> no. But, well, I mean, uh, I guess at the beginning, we kind of suggested that it wasn't that and wasn't that. Wasn't but, that. Wasn't that. But once we got into things, we didn't really make any other references. Uh, some well-placed puns would really tickle my punny bone. Get it? Because it's a pun? Yeah. Pun, ah. pun. Uh, that is it for the discords. Thank you, everybody. All right. Cool. Um, we do have some emails our first email is from listener dan hi dan dan says isn't this just trying to jump in the craze at the time of first person shooter games gaining popularity 
it's uh, it's less than a year away from the planned Doom movie. Uh, oh. Didn't it just feel like they were playing off that? Uh, I was never any good at first-person shooter games, so I can relate to Daniel in the second half of the episode. <laughs> not with a second, uh, not not with a two-second precognition, but with having no training. Yeah, yeah, I'll get that. Of course, he has been on the flagship team for six of the last seven years, so he had to pick something up in the last time, in all that mm-hmm. time, right? Mm-hmm. Probably would have been better sending in Dr. Lee. He was no help at all outside the environment. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I... I mean, it kind of has to happen that way in a lot of ways, but I do lament that just about every time we see Dr. Lee, he is playing a bumbling uh, scientist that doesn't quite get it right and needs yeah, to get saved by our heroes. Yep. Um, and, I mean, I get it, but sometimes I, I, I would love to see something a little bit more there. I would love to see an episode, I doubt I'll get it, where where Dr. Lee is, like, actually the one who... Who, who clicks everything together and saves the day. That would be yeah, fun. That would be. Uh, Dan continues, lessons to be learned. Uh-huh. One, Teal telling Lee you have failed is an honest assessment of the system and something I wish I could say to a few co-workers at the end of my work day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a judgment on you as a character, but you have failed. <laughs> Number two, of <clears throat> course Teal beat the game quickly on the easiest levels. I can get through Halo on easy with a walkthrough and cheat codes. Yep. You know, what? never mind, he says. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Jack wasn't the only one who found the Matrix movies confusing. I That's mean, they true. Were kinda, they were designed to be a little... Con- yeah, you know, you watch them seven times and it starts to make sense. <laughs> that, <laughs> I'm going to leave that there without comment. Just going to leave it Number there. Number four. <laughs> I understand not being able to finish the game in a reasonable amount of time. As someone who enjoys racing games, they're always adding more content, so I get further and further away from finishing all the time. Yep. I get it. Number five. Why is Siler a Guawuld? More to the point, when would he have been taken by a Guawuld? And, most importantly, how many times have we seriously wounded him at, uh, at the point? Uh, doesn't he deserve a purple heart or two or or seven or yeah, eight? Yeah, m- many. He, he he deserves many. So a why is Siler the Guawuld? Siler is the Guawuld because Siler is also the stunt guy, and you can shoot him up and have him like get all those explosions in his chest, and he is trained for that, and so <laughs> it's oh safe and it's okay, right? You don't want to do that to your heroes. You want to do that to your Stunt folks, right? So that's why he's the Guawuld. When could he have become a Guawuld? It literally doesn't matter. It's a simulation. <laughs> All you have to do is accept that it happened. And yes, he probably does deserve like 7,000 Purple Hearts. Yes. Okay, Dan continues. This is one of those essentially bottle episodes. Little bit mm-hmm. of tech introduced to be mm-hmm. forgotten for all eternity, but not much carries on from this episode. I'll give this a five because it is a fun episode. Yep. I'm thinking a four and a half from Zach and a four from Brent. Yeah, no. Just just happened to hit the right chord for me. Yep. Um, next, we have Lydia Ann. Hi, Lydia Ann. Lydia Ann says, greetings. Teal'c's ego and his deepest fears are manifested as a video game using alien technology. That's a novel way to explore imposter syndrome. 
At least if you believe Carter's interpretations of what's going on, which is helpful because Teal is, as usual, taciturn himself. Chris Judge's acting is superb, as usual. I'll admit, I didn't think much of this episode on my first watch, but Mm -hmm. after completing the series, I see the value in this episode. Tilk was our first and most faithful voice in the belief that the Gulwuld are not gods mm-hmm. and that Jaffa could be freed from slavery to the Gulwuld. It's been a while since we're checked, uh, we checked in on Tilk. He still doubts. What does this mean? I think it works as an inflection point between the past and the future. Okay. Ooh. I, I like think that. I think Brett gives it a four and nah. Zach a four and a half. No, nah, I liked it. Yeah. Um, I I would agree with your assessment, Lydia Ann, and I think because of what you're talking about, we didn't actually mention imposter syndrome, and I hadn't thought about that. Mm-hmm. I probably should have, mm-hmm. given me. Um, <laughs> but but now that you say that, I'm like, oh, absolutely. That's I think that's definitely what's happening. Whether it's intentional or not, I can't say, but it is Ooh, definitely happening. It is. Um, a, that's a fun thing to think about. Um, you know, so that we've got all that. I, I just think that that with all of that, it just really resonates. Uh, in a way that 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 works for me, so that's why I give it a higher rating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And finally, we have David. Hi, David. Uh, David gives us the obligatory joke about James Cameron's last Airbender encoding bias buffer, <laughs> or something. Uh, I agree with what Jen said about video games and this episode. Yep. Uh, hit a little close to home there, working, thinking it's too easy and changing the difficulty and then regretting that decision. <laughs> I have done that a zillion times uh-huh. with video games. Um, I don't play a lot of video games, but oftentimes I will play on... I, I At this point in time, I never go to hard um, because I don't want an experience that stresses me out. Yep, I, I play suffer. video games and things like that to have some fun, you know, shoot them up or, or kill the monsters or whatever it is. Um, that's what I want. And so I will almost always play on easy or maybe normal. I will almost never, never go beyond normal um, because I, I, I've, I've regretted going higher than that too many times. <laughs> yes. Anyway, David continues, but about this episode... The first two-thirds of the episode was fine. Four chevrons. The last one-third was great. Seven chevrons. Mm-hmm. Average of five. Yeah, Plus one for Siler right. being the ghoul at the end. That was hilarious. Brent and Zach will absolutely, 100% probably agree with me. Ah, with ah. A to- within a tolerance of plus or minus one chevron. <laughs> Alas. Nope. You had to have that tolerance to plus two. You'd have been, you'd have been yeah, in there. Yeah, your average of five is not within tolerance. Nope, it isn't. Nope, nope. Um, but uh, there you go. Thank you very yeah. much, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so those were our predictions. I appreciate that, everybody. Yes. Brent. Yeah. Next week's episode... Uh, is a Stargate Atlantis episode. It's entitled Childhood's End. Childhood End? Well, Childhood's apostrophe, like like the end of childhood. Oh, my gosh. Uh, um, so what's that about? Uh, childhood's End? Yes. Why do they do this to me, Zach? I'm trying to be funny. Uh, childhood's End. <clears throat> this, this, this is done to you... So that uh, you can gain some gray hairs. 
I guess so. <clears throat> and also the voice that I've chosen for this thing. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off. We'll give it a shot, though. All right. We'll give it uh, a shot. Let's, let's see what you do. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> I don't know where I'm going with this, but here we go. Next do you time. Ever, what? Do you ever know where you're going? Sometimes, yes. Okay. Okay. Sometimes I know exactly where I want to go. Whether or not anybody else thinks it's funny is a different matter. But like this time, it's literally. Here we go. <clears throat> All right. Let's do it. Next time on Stargate Atlantis. The Atlantis friends go on an adventure to find themselves a new source of a ZPM. Right? Did I get it right? ZPM? Yeah. <clears throat> ZPM, not Z. No, this is Canada, and therefore it is Z. And so, as they are adventuring, they find another planet, because that's the story. But over here, they discover that everyone seems to be small, as in children. The whole place. The whole place is just full of children. They go, where's your mummy and daddy? And the people that say, that respond to them go, what are you talking about? You see, there's a mystery here. The people of this planet seem to be perpetually in a state of childhood. Childhood which never seems to end. Yep, not creative. Everyone knows where I'm going, but I don't care. I'm carrying on. And therefore, they are un unable to assist in the Stargate Atlantis, Atlantis team's ability to find said ZPM. This will not do. You see, we have discovered more technology in the base that the ancients have given us. All the conveniences of modern life, according to the ancients, includes the ability to find ZPMs. Yes, there's a ZPM detector right here. You hit the little button. Tells you what gate address to put in. It's very convenient. But now that they're on the planet, they can't seem to find it. It says it's right here, and the here that they seem to be finding is the kid itself. Oh no. Is this another Cassandra problem? Where we have something inside a child that's about to blow up? Brent didn't like that last time. So suddenly this got dark, which is why it's the end. It's the end of childhood. Does that mean that perhaps we're going to find a way to get these people back onto a natural aging process? Does this mean that they're going to be eliminated? Through a ghastly, devious plan of the Wraith. Only one way to find out. Join us next time on Stargate Atlantis Childhood's End. Wow, I got through it. You did? You I did. was half expecting to like go into a coughing fit, but nope, worked out. Uh, you know, with that with that voice, I'm actually impressed that you didn't start coughing. I did, uh, My own ability see never ceased to amaze me. Ah, How's that well, for pride? There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, Hubris. Hey, go with hubris. <laughs> well, that was a very interesting take on Childhood's End. Yeah, it would be a good story. I think I'd like to watch that. You know, yeah. Um, th there's really only one way that I can respond to that, and that's mm -hmm. by saying we need to watch the promo. Yeah, we, we, we really do. All right. So, are you ready? Yes, I am ready. I'm hitting play now. Next time on Stargate Atlantis. We're going in. Okay. Let's plan it. Forced to make an emergency landing, the team makes a shocking discovery. Children? Hey. Kids. We are not oh. here to harm you in any way. Oh. oh! The Wraith used to farm our planet. As we used huh. to farm livestock and beasts of burden. Only we were their herd. My ancestors decided that to beat the Wraith, we must learn to think as they think. We ensured that we would never provide the Wraith with a crop worth picking. Yeah. Bye. Ow. None of us passes the age of 24. Hey! You've let your fear of the sacrifice put our entire people in danger, Paris. Oh, but... You have been protected from the Wraith by a shield. 
Will the truth set them free, or will it destroy them? <gasps> it's all Is next this a ZPM? on Stargate Atlantis. Oh my gosh, I got like four out of five on that one, Zach. <laughs> So you you actually did a pretty good job of predicting <laughs> a lot of the the points. Um, we'll have to see how it plays out specifically yes. next time. Yes, there's no automatic uh, ZPM finder, and it doesn't look like these uh, these people on this planet have something causing them to not age. That something causing them to not age is execution. So yeah, which is that's dark. Very, but that also then the, at the end is this going to be a dark episode? All right, cool. I'm we'll looking forward to watching see. that. Yeah. Um, incidentally, the uh, the leader of that team, uh, of that, that community, um, we've actually seen him on Stargate SG-1. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if you recognized him. He's the same actor who played Elliot um, uh, in, in, like, the the oh, blanking on the episode. When you got the, 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 the cadets, they're, well, they're not cadets, but... But uh, the the young people with with Cadet Haley, Lieutenant Haley, and oh, and the others, right? Yeah, where they're running um, around with the guns with the red uh, the red proving ground, the proving ground. That's the episode proving I'm ground. thinking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and we actually see him in a future episode. He actually becomes Lantesh, uh, which oh. is uh, a Martuf, Martuf and Lantesh, the 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 the, the Tokra. Yeah. Uh, so that actor is the main leader of the the kids. Nice. The, so we'll Very see good. him next time. Awesome. Um, with that, I let you know, dear listeners, to tell us what you think. Yeah. Um, you can email us, Discords, Facebooks, all of the things. Yep. Uh, do the things um, and uh, pay attention. <laughs> and if you want to throw some money into the, the, the coffee jar, uh, you're welcome to do that. That will come about in um, January. Let's just say so, January 2nd. That's a January Monday. 2nd. Yep. There you go. All right. So uh, with that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.